0: Heard across the Resonate Regional Radio Network.
1: It's my time, it's my life.
2: I hope you will come along. This is Rural Queensland Today with Ben Dobbin.
3: Good morning and welcome to Rural Queensland Today on the Resonate Broadcast Network. Ben Dobbin with you, and it is the 8th of May. A very good morning to everybody listening to us across the Resonate Broadcast Network. We've got a big show for you Magic Round. A magic out, I can tell you, but it was a Queen sweep. The coronation was on and all four Queensland teams won, the Brisbane Lions won. What a weekend it was for Rugby League. Uh, a very good morning to everybody listening to us uh, through 4SB and Kingaroy. Good morning. 4ZR in Roma, 4VL in Charleville, 4 A Giant Emerald, 4LM Mount Isa, 4LG Longridge, 4GC Charters Towers and the Hot Country Network. Good morning to you. Uh, ben Dobbin with you this morning, and if you've missed any of our shows, Spotify is where you can get catch up with it all. Um, we've got so much to get through as well on rural Queensland today. Can I just say this, and I want to get to this. We've got a big show for you, but Simon Gleeson will join us from the Droughtmaster Society, and we're going to talk to a absolute superstar in the making, a man by the name of Sam Kerr from Aramac. Now, he has developed an Australian-first farmer mission app. It's called My Footprint, and it's available for purchase on Apple Store. So we'll talk to him. We're going to talk to the great Chris Lynn. Um, yep, that's right. He'll be joining us, Chris Lynn, as well as David Littleproud, uh, to talk us through what will happen this week with the budget. It's a big show for you. It's Monday morning. Sorry about the voice. It's a little dusty. i called and worked all weekend, but I'm back, and I'm here, and we've got another week of Rural Queensland today for you. Let's get into it. David Littleproud joins us next on Rural Queensland today across the Resonate Broadcast Network. It is Monday morning, the eighth of May. You're with Ben Dobbin across Queensland, and this week is Budget Week. The federal budget to be released tomorrow. David Littleproud, leader of the National Party, joins us this morning, and. David, you know, trepidation is one thing um, when a Labor Party delivers a budget, but they're broke and they've been running us into the ground and they're looking for ways to cut costs and you would only think that their their fallback position is always, let's look after where the big numbers are, which is the metropolitan areas, and we're going to cut the guts out of regional Australia.
2: Yeah, mate, look, last uh, budget was an insight into that. They stripped the cupboards and this time they're coming back for the hinges. Uh, the reality is, while we'll have uh, a surplus this year, and that's predicated on all that we did as a government, as the Nationals and the Liberals, uh, in terms of getting us through COVID, uh, the reality is that's only short-term. Commodity prices will come back, and and that will hit the bottom line. So they're looking for savings. And in fact, you can look at uh, what they've already announced before the budget, and that's that there's a 90-day review of 120 billion dollars worth of infrastructure pipeline spending that we had and now. That, that pipeline is not over the next four years, which is what a budget's predicated on. It's over 10 years, but it's predominantly rural and remote uh, expenditure, particularly roads. Uh, we lost $22 billion in the last budget. They, they squared up with us in rural and regional spending on roads and on uh, dams that we lost over, overnight. This time, uh, there's a whole list of roads from the Warrego Highway, the Cunningham Highway, Outback Way. Uh, Beef roads, 400 million uh, in that alone. Uh, there's a whole lot that Catherine King is saying she's going to review, which is code for um, these are the these are the areas we're going to pull back. Um, and so that's just the infrastructure. I think uh, you know we've been we've been telling them for a long time they need to do something about childcare, not just childcare. Affordability, it's accessibility. We had a two billion dollar incubator fund to get more childcare places into rural and remote areas. They scrapped that, and they spent four point seven billion dollars on giving subsidies to families on three hundred and fifty thousand uh, dollars in Sydney and Melbourne. They'll get about twenty one and a half thousand dollar subsidy out of that, but we didn't see an extra place. I and mean, when families in rural and remote areas are trying to go back to work to to even cover cost of living. Pressures, but there's no childcare place, and so we're going to miss out on that. And health again, regional health is going to cop it. And the the excise on cigarettes—let me tell you—who's going to pay that? It's the people who can afford it at least, because statistics show us that uh, those that smoke are usually the poorest, uh, and the nationals represent uh, the poorest communities uh, across the country. Uh, We're just concerned that none of that that money—that three billion—is going to go back into regional health at all. Uh, and we're struggling with doctors now that, that uh, Anthony Albanese changed the distribution priority areas, extending in the capital cities, which means we've now got little towns that don't have doctors because foreign doctors are now allowed to go into metro peri-urban areas rather than come out to our places. So we're being, we've been forgotten since the start. We've become the forgotten Australians, and uh, I, I fear that tomorrow night we're going to cop that again uh, this will be some short-term sugar hit uh, that, that Jim Chalmers will give, but structurally, uh, whether it's on infrastructure, whether it's on health or education, uh, we're going to cop it. And then we're also getting a double barrel uh, down on our energy as well because their forward energy uh, oh. policies hurting us. Yeah, it's just dreadful. I mean, Tanya Palaszczuk has
3: literally knocked back two mines in Queensland in the last th- three to four months. The energy crisis is real and the resource sector is on its knees already because of uh, gluttony in, in from a state government, but also the lack of support from a federal government. They just have gone to an extreme. I mean, the nation is divided already, um, and I, I don't know how we, we recover from this. I, I, I understand that there's going to have to be a change of government again at some point. The woke, and I say that, and the far left are, are running this country into the ground, this great nation that we've had, it, it is a delusional mindset that we're now seeing from from people who for a long time promised something different and haven't
2: delivered. No, mate, and this is the thing is ideology is not matching the practical reality of what's bleeding out of people's bullets at the moment. And this is where until it continues to bleed out, and it will, uh, when you look at energy alone, um, that when you've got Paul Broad, who ran Snowy Hydro, uh, an eminent mind in the energy sector, is saying um, that it is farcical that Chris Bowen and Anthony Albanese think they can get to 82% renewables by 2030. Uh, that is a breakneck speed that cannot be achieved. Uh, and then when you overlay how you do that, uh, it just becomes even harder. And when they demonise the gas industry, because the only way for renewables to actually even try and work is to have firming power. And that's not David door proud. That's EMO, because the wind and the sun doesn't go all the time. And so you need to firm that energy because batteries don't have the capacity. Despite AGL and all these companies saying, oh, these big batteries, 400 megawatt batteries are going to be the savior. They last for less than two hours. They last for around an hour and a half at best, probably around an hour. That's not enough therming power. So you need to have gas. And as we said, let's have a conversation about emerging technology of small-scale modular that um, are three to 400 megawatt uh, units that actually um, can, can give you reliable energy. And, and if you put them in where existing coal-fired power stations are, you can plug them in and you don't need the 27,000 kilometers of new transmission lines that this government wants to build up and down the East Coast. You don't have to clear native bushland and you don't have to take up productive agricultural land for not only the, for the not only the poles and mires, but for solar panels and wind turbines to go on. Uh, the, the renewable energy industry is starting to lose, lose social license because there is starting to be an understanding. Um, they're going to go to our food security, which is pushing up our cost of, of our food, and they're knocking down native bushland that farmers um, would dare not never do. So, this is where some common sense needs to be made practical reality. We've got all the, all the sovereignty of our resources. We can generate our own power. I'm not against renewables. There's a place for renewables. Uh, but if we're going to have transmission lines that are going to cost, and every time you look at your energy bill, just see how much the service charges. That's your poles and lies. That's about 40 to 50% of your bill. And Julia Gillard pushed that up to about 40 to 50%. And, and she gold plated poles and wires. This mob are going to platinum plate it. So you know this mob uh, is out of is out of control in terms of just trying to push ideology and then try and change social issues, whether it be the voice or whether it be a referendum on our constitution and and about uh, about a republic uh, next time round. It's about trying to create diversions while. Uh, money's being bled out of your wallet. And that's not how you run this country. And, and then you overlay that with the cluster that is Queensland with Anastasia Palaszczuk and her her state government. Um, they have wall-to-wall opportunity to change this country, and they are, and they're doing it daily, uh, whether it be on social issues or whether it be on economic issues. And that's the thing that we
3: need to all look at, and we need to try and make sure that we can uh, 100%, um, you know, be aware of because we are in a hell of a mess, like a hell of a mess. Uh, it'll be delivered tomorrow, and David, no doubt there'll be counterclaims, and and you guys will come out and 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 no doubt shoot down. But how do we how do we change it? Like, is it, it is there only going to be change when we do run out of power? Like when when the lights get switched off? And I know that sounds dramatic, but is that when they go? Well, maybe we've got this wrong. Like, how yeah. at what point do they acknowledge? like towns in darkness, people without power. Like, w- At what point does it have to get to to go, you know what, we've been all these social issues, but we're now freezing out our own?
2: Yeah, and it is, mate. It's, it's when uh, we don't have reliable power, but it's also when we don't have affordable power, which is a threshold where we've already passed for many people. And just so everyone appreciates, what – what they're talking about, this $1.5 billion for power relief that 5 million households will get, that's about half the households in the country. Um, that's that's a, not fully being paid by the federal government, that's uh, being half paid by the state government. It's a one off, it's not a continual measure. So, what I understand is um, that the costs of our energy are going to go up because of the reckless pace that this crowd is going on to with renewables. There is a place for renewables, there's an opportunity for renewables, but we need to be smart about how we do that and how that fits in with our energy mix. With gas and even coal-fired power stations that can use carbon capture storage, we can reduce our emissions if we're smart about this and do it sensibly and reliably uh, without the ideology overlaying it. But when when Paul Broad is saying, now that Snowy Hydro has got another two years of delay because of COVID and... Basically, they can't find anyone to go and work there. Um, They're behind; they're two years behind, Um, and and they're they're switching off. Liddell, Araring will go off uh, at the at the end of uh, next year, start of two thousand twenty-five potentially, which is two thousand eight hundred megawatts. Which is about twenty five percent of New South Wales. uh, I think. uh, Sorry, of the east coast coal-fired generation, that is a lot. That is a lot to come out when you don't have snowy hydro and you're expecting renewables to take it up. Uh, and you've got to run 20, 27,000 kilometres of transmission lines. I'm I'm not academically gifted, but let me tell you, that is going to be a big feat of engineering uh, and, and really potentially putting us at a, a position, as Paul Broad has said, where the lights will go out for short periods. And what, what Chris Bowen and Anthony Albanese will be praying for over the next couple of months is that um, it is a warm winter because if it isn't, um, they're going to be stressed uh, because the, there is real potential this the lights could go out uh, and the bills are going to keep going up because we're not putting supply, even the gas industry, aren't drilling more holes. Going, why would we drill more holes when we, you put a safeguards mechanism? You put a code of conduct that um, will tell us how we have to sell, who we sell to, what price. Um, they're going, well, we, we won't draw anymore. We'll go to another country where we can go and, and actually um, get a fair return for what we're doing, not being dictated by government. And that means that we're drawing down on all our gas supply. Um, and that means that when supply goes down, price goes up. And when you can't replace it at the speed with what they're saying they can with renewables... We're in a lot of trouble. You're dead right. You're dead
3: right. David, great to chat. Um, Enjoy the week. I know it's going to be hectic. Uh, It's a really tough week, but thank you so much for being with us this morning. Thanks for having me, mate. Good on you. We'll take a break. Come back, David little proud leader of the National Party. It is Budget Week, and we will keep you updated with the cuts that happen in rural and regional Queensland. Not far away, Bryce Cam, and we're also going to talk with Simon Gleeson from the Drought Society as well. It's a big show for you. It's Monday morning, the 8th of May. You're with Ben Dobbin on Rural Queensland Today. Welcome back to Rural Queensland today on the Resonate Broadcast Network. We always get emails from many people saying just how hard it is to get really good coaching in rural Australia and rural Queensland. And for for many, many years, there wasn't options. You either had to go to Brisbane, you had to go and find somewhere, you had to go to a big metropolitan city, and still there's an opportunity. But to get elite coaching for your kids, to give them an opportunity, is become a lot easier And I can tell you why. It's through one of the best cricketers that Australia has produced for the T20 in one-day game. The big hitting Chris Lynn joins us this morning. Hello, Linny. How are you, mate?
1: Hello, Dobbo. Thank you, mate. Going well. Um, As we just touched on there, Magic Brown, so obviously a little bit slow this morning, but uh, what a weekend it was. What a weekend it was.
3: We uh, we were lucky enough to have a a, a brief uh, catch-up on Thursday. Um, We were just starting. I reckon you were just finishing, but um, it was – it was a, a cracking, cracking weekend. Linny, cricket's your greatest love, and you've travelled the world, you've had more success, and I said this to you the other day, I think you changed the way kids want to play cricket. I, I, I know many a kid that always wanted to grow up and be Chris Lynn, and for that you, you'll you be always uh, endeared to, and you've still got a long way to go. But one of the greatest things that you've done is start playbook, um, playbook coach, yeah. As such. And th- this is something that, I mean, you grew up in Brisbane. Your, your dad put a cricket pitch beside the house and, and you just you were lucky enough. You, you, your old man was there in a ball machine and you got into it and, and you learnt to do that. But you could get some coaching. But there's now an, a way that any kid for any sport can get the great coaching and it's all through this belief that you had that, you know, everybody should be having access to good coaching.
1: Yeah, that's right. As you as you touched on, I was very lucky to get some awesome coaches throughout my career, and I just I was sitting down. I was actually had a shoulder recon at the time. I was like, how can I <clears throat> give back to the game of cricket? But I've got an opportunity now, not I to give it back to cricket, but to all sports. So, um, as I said, I, I got some great coaching. How can how can you know the same kids get that same access? And we started Playbook Coach, and basically it's an online booking platform for you know all ages, all abilities, anywhere in Australia, and. I think we're currently sitting at about 550 coaches Australia wide in in 27 sports. So that's pretty cool. i always said, um, you know, the game of cricket doesn't owe me anything. I know the game of cricket. And as I said, I can give back now. It's not only cricket, but, um, to, to every sport every community um, whether you want to play for Australia whether you just want to move up the batting order whether you want to go from wing to fly up or whether you just want the confidence to play a team sport um, that's where Playbook comes in and mate it's actually probably one of my biggest rewards um, you know of my, of my cricket career so far starting this, this product and, and as I said giving back to the community
3: It, it is awesome and, and people listening to us this morning across Queensland go to playbook.coach I mean it, it's a very very simple thing you can go there and, I mean, the best. Linny, you're available and, obviously, if you're not touring and, and available, you're, you're nah. on there. You, you go and give kids coaching. Um, I mean, it, it, you know, and for people to have access to that, obviously it's got to work in with the player's schedule, but it's players giving back. I, I understand they get paid for it, but, yeah. I mean, growing up, I mean, you, you'd only – I remember Benny Elias came to our school and, and we were all playing rugby league and, and the greatest thing was that he, he threw a ball to us and we caught it and that was literally two minutes and I still remember it. I mean, this is elite coaching, whether or not it's half an hour or whether or not it's an hour, it's getting some insight, you're looking at these children um, and it doesn't have to be cricket. There's netball, there's AFL, there's soccer, That there, you name it, it's there. And you've got, as you said, 500 different Players slash coaches who are on, available to give their expertise, which is it's unheralded anywhere else in Australia.
1: Yeah, that's right. And I think oh, sometimes we do get caught up with people thinking it's a elitist platform. We we have guys on there that have just played maybe third grade or fourth grade that love love the game, um, and you know everyone knows that good players don't necessarily make good coaches, but it, it can be the opposite effect as well. So guys just want to throw balls. Guys want to kick the footy. Uh, or netball. I think, I believe netball is our biggest sport, uh, which is great to see in the women's game. Um, so yeah, it, it's not just all about, you know, the high end athletes. Um, you know, you've got guys on there that love doing Zooms, you know, offering services to, you know, people out of reach. Um, you know, for example, one, probably my proudest moment actually is there was a, a um, non verbal kid and he would actually talk to his brother. And then his brother would ask me the question. Wow. And then after the 27 minutes, I actually got him to talk to me. And his mom, I could see his mum in the background crying. $10, wow. He spent thousands of dollars on therapy. And, you know, that was one of the most powerful moments, um, you know, and really hit home as well why I started the business and why I'm really passionate to, to really drive it, to make it, you know, Australia's number one booking platform for coaching. Oh, I just love
3: enjoy. I just love the fact that people can do it. I love the fact that it, it, you're anywhere and whether or not you can you can't travel. If you're sitting at Hewitton and, and your son's playing cricket and he's going off the boarding school and you get some video footage and you send it, you can have a Zoom conference. There is so many different ways to get to the best and and it's available. Playbook playbook.coach Go there, it's all there. I need some for my golf. That's what I need, Lenny. You should be doing golf as <laughs> yes, well, <you> mate. Do. <laughs> I de- mate, I definitely do. I mean, it just keeps on getting worse every year. I say I'm getting better, and I, it just keeps on getting worse and worse. Uh, what, it's a, it's what, a humbling game, golf. It is. What's next for you, mate? Um, <coughs> obviously, um, y- 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 you travel the world playing T20. Yeah. Um, y- are you are you in England? Is that the next thing now?
1: Yeah. So I actually take off on Monday, uh, next Monday. That is uh, to the UK. I'm playing for Northamptonshire there. Uh, I had a stint with them last year and it was quite successful, so I'm hoping to go back and hopefully pile on the runs and um, yeah, see where that takes me. Really, there are other tournaments later in the year, but I haven't haven't decided any of that yet. But um, yeah, first and foremost, go and try and uh, win a comp for Northamptonshire.
3: Is it? I mean, look, T20 is quite unbelievable. You can play, uh, and you'd be by no means. And I, I've never had this discussion with you. I, I suspect it up to 40, 40 years of age, easily, you know, with your skill set, up you can keep right, you, you want to continue to play. They're by no means muted that you'd think about retiring. It's your career.
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, for someone like myself, I bat, I could bat one ball or 20 balls or 40 balls in a game and yeah. then I feel the short, fine legs. So there's not exactly a hell of a lot of cardio going on there. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I suppose you just want to be sharp. You know, cricket is a reaction sport, so you want to make sure you're still sharp and, um, I suppose what guys do think about is because every player has high expectations. You don't want to drop your standards, whether that is training or playing. So, I suppose when you, you probably mentally go first, um, you know you would have spoken to Gordy and um, Gordy Talis and all yeah. those blokes. I reckon mentally it would have been, you know, their first sort of you know point of retirement rather than physically. But look, um, it's not it's not in my mind to know that, and I'm, I'm keen to, as I said, pile on the runs and you know, keep my name back up in the, in the lights and know that I'm good enough to still do that.
3: I love I love that, and I and I think you will be there, and I think you're still doing it. Playbook coach, I'm, you know, I got Linny on there this morning. I ran into him on Thursday because I thought this is a great thing for the bush. Please get on there. Chris Lynn, great to have a chat on a Monday morning, mate, and uh, best of luck in England next week when you head back over there with the fam.
1: Always a pleasure, Dolly. appreciate it, brother. Good
3: on you. We'll take a break. Come back. Rural Queensland today across the Resonate Broadcast Network. It is the 8th of May. You're with Ben Dobbin. On Rural Queensland today, you're with Ben Dobbin. It's the 8th of May across the Resonate Broadcast Network. Our next guest is from Aramac, Sam Kerr, and he's developed Australia's first farm emissions app. It's called My Footprint, and it's available for purchase on the Apple Store. Uh, Sam joins us this morning. Sam Kerr, good morning and thank you so much for being with us, mate. G'day, Doggo. How are you going this morning, mate? Thank you very much for having me. Yeah, really well. Um, Firstly, congratulations. I mean, you know, it's one thing to go off to Marcus Aldham and it's one thing to to go and get educated, but then to actually see where there is a need for something and then to start the process, which is never easy, and create Australia's first farmer mission app is pretty unbelievable. At the moment, um, we are in a really, really different stage of the agricultural sector with the climate change issues. Um, governments and peak bodies are all talking about this net emissions and zero emissions and we're trying to get to carbon neutral and by 2030 and there's a lot going on. But there's been a real window where there hasn't been a lot of people who – actually are able to help farming businesses know what their carbon emissions are. And in a long story, you've been able to develop uh, an app now that is a game changer for everybody in the industry um, and to give them a better
0: understanding. It, um, yeah, it has been a long process and there's, and there's not a lot of people that are, it's been in such a fast developing industry. There's not a lot of companies that have been able to get up to speed and get with it, with it. So, yeah, the whole the whole aim of, of our company, the app and, and some other consulting stuff we started off the side is to really give everyone who's interested in, in carbon and just catch everyone up and get them a real starting point with, with greenhouse gas emissions reporting and then future ESG plans as well.
3: So, Sam, everybody's gonna need this app and you can say what you want and people can look at me and they can shout down and say, oh, I won't be but the long and the shorter it is. That every single Queenslander, or every single um, person in agriculture throughout Australia, at some point is going to have to know what their emissions are. It's just as simple. It's the way the world's going. Now we either embrace it now, or we fight it, and you know what? We end up having to have it forced and shoved down our throat, and we lose what we have. So, for you, this is this is a game changer, and not only is it a business where you can actually assist, it's actually going to help people. Get a better understanding of how their business operates. So, how does my footprint work? Can you give us some background on on how it works? So, for a person like myself, what, what's the process?
0: So, the the back end and the methodology is based off, off um, uh some stuff that the University of Melbourne have developed, which is basically the national standard for for carbon emissions accounting. Yep. And we we've, we've used that and developed developed our our platform so it's all it requires raw data like um, livestock numbers, live weights and then any inputs on, on your property like chemical fertilizer, diesel, petrol and, and electricity. Yep. So once all that data is plugged in, they just hit calculate now and it calculates their their scope 1, 2 and 3 and their emissions intensity for each kilo of product produced. So there is a little bit of reporting that you have to put in
3: when you get this app, and 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 it's pretty self-explanatory when you get your when you get you with the app and you start relating it to your business. But then the consultancy around it, yeah. You know, I mean, I'm hearing I'm hearing figures of up to twenty twenty to twenty five thousand dollars. Some firms are trying to charge to come and consult. I mean, surely that I mean that is just absolutely ridiculous, but. People don't know that's what you pay.
0: So we charge, um, so we charge three three hundred dollars to download that the app and, and work your carbon footprint out, and then to develop a full ESG report, we can come out and consult, and, and that's around a three around three grand, you know. So yeah. it's quite feasible.
3: Are you saying that there are people that have been trying to charge these some a small window trying to charge this Sam, and and how ridiculous it is? I mean, every single person should be downloading the My Footprint. App. I mean, listening to us today, and there's a starting point. And if you guys have worked hard to to build this, I mean, you're off the land yourself. You're from Aramac. You, you know, your family's born and bred in the bush. You get it, and how important. But we have to adapt to this.
0: We've um we've been finding a lot of resistance within growers and producers. Um, and I don't know whether it's just because it's such a um a new thing, or or it's being being told what what to do, or you know, no one likes doing more bookwork, but we've tried to develop it and keep it as simple as we can. And um, it, it takes 20 minutes to, to fill out if you've got all the data in in front of you. So I think it is something that we all just need to adapt to and, and get with. And look, the quicker we can do it, and well, the easier it'll be. And to, to manage to manage this stuff, you need to measure it. So it's a starting point.
3: Sam Kerr joining us this morning. He's at my footprint. Um, he is. Very, very good and I had a look at it last night um, and as much as we don't in different areas want to embrace this, we have to embrace it. Um, can I ask you this? Um, Long term I think from a from a market perspective, if we don't have these kind of uh, reporting systems in place, if we don't have emissions management, we're going to lose some markets up I'm hearing that there's more need for data than ever before. And so if we want to be able to, this is a a really quick way and, you know, like, yep, I get that some producers will be um, upset about it and and they don't want to do it, but for $300 a year for an annual subscription, right, that is just just ridiculous. It's so cheap and for it to be able to do it and get reduction plans and have a look and give you some better understanding – you're ahead of the game. You're actually ahead of the game. And and when it gets to that point where you can actually then get paid for what you're doing and there is a premium for it, well, you're going to be right to go straight away and you'll understand your business a little bit more. It's going to be complex and it's going to get more difficult unless we embrace it.
0: It, it sure is. There's, we've, um, there's We're working with a, a large uh, meat processing company down south and they've had some of their customers come over from from overseas and chefs and and this this businesses you know food businesses and they've been crazy with the amount of questions they've been asking about sustainability and, and ESG reports and it's they've been to some producers down south here and some growers and it's it's been a real wake up call for the farmers you know but it's it's not that big of a job to get up and, and to get with it and. I think um, the market access that, that knowing this stuff and having an ESG and a sustainability plan in place that, and you know, it, it, it's good. You might be, able, there is some, there will be some some different markets emerge for a more sustainable product and just for having some sustainability credentials on farm. Yeah. It's an interesting
3: um, proposition. What you've got, how do people go about getting in contact with you? What's the, what's the process? I mean, People want to talk to you as well. I understand you download the app My Footprint, but um, and, and what's the what's the other way? Can is there a website that people can get in contact with you?
0: Yeah, so our website's myfootprint.net.au, and yep. um, all my contact details are on there: email, phone number. So if anyone and if anyone's worried about it, you know, everyone can just give me a ring and or send me an email. And happy to talk to happy to talk to you and, and give you a hand go through it. I don't
3: think anybody should be worried. I think we're worried if you don't get it. That's my take. This is what <laughs> we got. I am mean that genuinely and, and, you know, the carbon emissions is going to be a huge thing moving forward and that's where the sector is. You don't need to pay $30,000 in costs to have a carbon service provider come on farm and calculate your emissions. That is, you just don't, you know. You just don't. You just need to speak to Sam Kerr and, and my footprint, and go to their website and go from there. Great to chat, mate. Congratulations. Um, you're at the forefront and I love seeing, I love seeing um, people in rural Australia, especially in rural Queensland, just take take it on and you're doing that, mate. So congratulations and we'll talk again.
0: Thank you very much, Dobbo. Thanks for having me, mate. Have a good day.
3: Yeah, same to you. Great to chat. This is Rural Queensland Today with Ben Dobbin. Sam Kerr, my footprint is his website and the app. You can download it today and I think everybody listening to us should be embracing that. We'll take a break, come back with more on Rural Queensland today. Welcome back to Rural Queensland today on the Resonate Broadcast Network. Um, You've been seeing recently I've been wearing these unbelievable truckers caps, these Droughtmaster breed truckers caps. Well, it's all thanks to the uh, boss of the Droughtmaster Society, Simon Gleeson. He joins us this morning... There's a pretty special sale coming up, but all in all, um, as we march towards uh, the Ecker, it's only around the corner, and obviously the bull sailing season, uh, I thought it'd it'd be a miss if I didn't get the chance to talk to Simon. Good morning, mate. How are you? Morning, Dobbo. How are you? Really well, mate. Really well. Um, Firstly, thank you for my little care package of truckers caps. I mean, I love them, Um, and people can, you know, they're they're just another thing that the Drought Muster Society are doing well, mate. Yeah. You're big on the brand promotion at the moment. The breed is in a really good shape.
4: certainly is, Dobbo. Yeah, we're we're, um, really proud of the cats that are getting around and we're seeing a lot out there in the marketplace, which is good. And, yes, you're right, the breed is certainly going forward at the moment. We're very happy with where it's at at the moment.
3: Yeah, there's a lot happening. Uh, Mate, talk to me. You've got some up-and-coming sales, which is pretty bloody special at the moment, and, and they're even more special because of how they are being operated for the first time.
4: Yeah, that's it, Dobbo. Yeah, we've got um, a, a commercial female sale hosted by Auctions Plus coming up, and it's the the second sale that we've um, we've ever hosted on Auctions Plus, a commercial female sale. Um, it's Australia wide, um, and it was created due to the demand or the overwhelming demand that we had for Droughtmaster females. So, um, so this is the second year of running it. Um, it's open to members and non-members. And basically what it does is it gives Droughtmaster breeders an opportunity to sell commercial females with the marketing support of Droughtmaster Australia, and it also allows buyers to have a large selection of Droughtmaster females on offer at a set time of the year. So we think it works for both buyer and seller, um, and uh, it, it was a real success last year. We're expecting it to be a biggest success this year.
3: So how do people go about um, nominating? What's the process?
4: Um, well, they can. For further information, they can jump onto our website um, and get further information there. But to, to nominate, they go through their agent. Yep. Um, their agent will come out and assess um, their animals um, to go onto Auctions Plus, um, and basically go from there. And look, the sales on the twenty fifth of, of of May. May. Yep. Um, At nine am. Nine am. Yep. Nine am. Yep. Yeah.
3: Uh, And you can go to droughtmaster.com.au. Some other important dates. um, So we've got that one. You've got the national bull sale date, which is obviously a big part of it. That's the 12th and 13th of September as well. So, you know, historically there's been over 500 purebred commercial herd bulls. That's a big, big sale for you guys as well. And then you've got your Roma bull sale um, and their significant dates. That's a significant date as well with the Roma bull sale on the 20th of October. So – those three sales are, you know, with obviously you've got a lot of um, other other Droughtmaster sales, which you guys are involved, but the big sale events run by the Droughtmaster Society, they're the big three um, that are taking place in the next couple of months.
4: Yeah, you're right. And look, the national sale's just gone from strength to strength. I mean, it's, um, you know, the quality of the bulls coming through is reflected by the turnover that we're receiving and the clearance rates for that sale. I mean, that sale has increased 24% year-on-year year in the last three years. Um, and we're obviously tracking a larger buyers, the buying bench. It's, it's the flagship sale for Droughtmaster Australia. Um, the Roma sale is a great sale. There's it's opportunities there for everyone. Um, and it's also the growth in that sale is phenomenal as well. And so we're gearing up for those now, both in September and October. Um, those two sales come around for the Droughtmaster um, Society and um, we're looking forward to another big year. Um, and, and look, I was in Western Australia uh, last month and there was two major Droughtmaster sales over there and they went extremely well and very strong.
3: The Droughtmaster commercial female sale will be taking place on Auctions Plus Thursday the 25th of May um, and you can go to au. The nomination form is there as well with conditions of entry um, and there's obviously – Uh, all the terms that need to take place. It will be commencing at 9am on Auctions Plus, the commercial Droughtmaster female sale, uh, which is huge um, in its second year. And obviously so much to like about that. And we will keep you updated as we march towards. So people listening to us today um, who are wanting to put some cattle onto that, just go to droughtmaster.com.au, contact your preferred agent, and that's the process moving forward with that. In another world, Simon Gleeson, you are very much a part of um, Queensland's racing scene and obviously a uh, board member of the BRC, and we're right bang smack in the Winter Carnival at the moment, and um, it really is hotting up. Gee whiz, racing all through Queensland as well has... Uh, been quite unbelievable, um, whether or not it was in Barkalden last week or Mount Isa or, or, or in Roma, the racing in the bush is unbelievable, but now it centres all in Brisbane for the next couple of, well, I suppose six weeks, and we've got some amazing racing coming up. Certainly
4: do, Dobby. Yeah, we're doing the 10,000 this weekend, and um, we came off the Guineas weekend um, not last weekend, the weekend before Um, And, yeah, there's some great horses heading to Queensland, interstate horses um, and also, um, uh, you know, and and trainers as well. And, you know, it's a big, big six weeks coming up of racing here in Queensland and it's very strong.
3: Are you surprised how strong it's become, not only metropolitan-wise, but, you know, these big races in the bush as well that, um, like, you know, the Country Cups and all this, uh, there is a lot of horse racing now and whether or not they're being raced in Rockhampton or Mount Isa or in Brisbane, it has become Queensland racing. Racing Queensland have done an unbelievable job in getting us to a point where we are successful.
4: Yeah, it is, Dabo. Look, it, it is surprising because um, you know it's it's strong across the board, as you mentioned. It's country racing, but also metropolitan racing. And I mean, for us this weekend, I mean, we've got the likes of Giga Kick who won the Everest coming to Brisbane, and I mean. You Know those things are, are were unheard of and they're, they're becoming, um, you know, mainstream now for trainers and, and um, and good horses that come to Queensland.
3: Yeah, it's awesome, it is absolutely awesome. Yep. Hey, mate, I really appreciate your time this morning. Thank you so much for being with us. Um, I can't speak enough about uh, what the Drought Master Society is doing in, in this world and also the racing industry both of my two loves at the present moment Uh, that sale again is thursday the 25th of may that's the commercial Droughtmaster female sale on auctions plus commencing at 9am nominations are still available Uh, you can go to droughtmaster.com.au or you can also go and talk to your preferred agent and get out to the races come to brisbane and go to the races there's lots happening as well appreciate your time thank you mate Thanks, Dob. I really appreciate it. Good on you. Uh, Simon Gleason, uh, regular on this show. We'll take a break, come back. This is Rural Queensland Today with Ben Dobbin. It's the 8th of May across Rural Queensland Today. Well, that's it from us here this morning at Rural Queensland Today on this Monday morning, the 8th of May. Magic ground, done and dusted, and so much to get through this week. We'll be bringing you a lot throughout the course of the week. It's budget week, and obviously we will be affected by some of the results and some of the decisions by the Labor Party. Have a great week. If you're planting, I hope it's going well. If you're waiting for rain, we're thinking of you. And if you're out there mustering in the cold this morning, well, isn't it great when the seasons start to change? We'll be back tomorrow morning when the Wheaties arrive, keep the headers rolling in the paddock. From Ben Dobbin and everyone here at Rural Queensland today, stay safe on the roads, and we'll be back again tomorrow. Till next time, it's bye for now.